0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Pinpoint Players. I'm your co-host, Ramsey, and I'm here with my friend, Tim. Hello. Today, we figured we'd do something a little bit more lighthearted than usual. Yeah. Today we today we would have a conversation about games that are near and dear to us and just games that should have had a sequel recently. And to that, Tim, I ask you, I turn this over to you. Um, there's a game recently that you told me you were playing. Um, it was a remake. Can you tell me what it was?
1: Yes, I can.
0: I have been waiting for this remake for roughly,
1: uh, 17 years. Uh, the game's 13. For those who are familiar with it, it was the cel-shaded first-person shooter where you were Agent 13. Uh, the amnesiac, uh, hunter-spy who washes up on Brighton Beach and is thrown into an overwhelming conspiracy to topple the United States government with 20 conspirators incorporated into this uh, plot. And you are supposedly
0: number 13. Ooh, mysterious. I think I've seen some of that game's gameplay from back in the day. Kind of the shadedness, it kind of looks like a precursor to what Borderlands ended up being like in terms of uh, artistic style.
1: Actually, it's interesting that you mentioned that because 13 was actually the pioneer game that really invigorated uh, cell shading into its prominency. It was the first game to really incorporate it as a graphic design for the game, and they did that intentionally because they were basing it off of its source material, uh, the comic 13, which was published in. Europe during the 1980s. It's still published today. In fact, I have all uh, 23 volumes of the comic and it's quite an expansive story.
0: I didn't realize it goes back that far. I didn't realize it was based on something from the 80s. That's cool.
1: Yeah, dude. The first, I, I believe it's the first eight or nine volumes are what the video game covered. And the 23rd volume of the comic series was published the end of last year. I haven't gotten any word about whether it was pub- uh, any new volumes have been published since, but it's roughly 23 volumes, and the game only covers like a half of the story. So it's a beautiful story, which is why I was so looking forward to the remake that was released, I believe, on the 10th of no- uh, November. I gotta say, uh, for a game that was tw- well, roughly 20 years old, I was expecting uh, <laughs> I was expecting better quality, to be honest with you. I was playing it earlier today and a couple of days ago, and it's just riddled with, oh, oh my goodness. I'm really disappointed, which is really hard for me to say because I love this story. It was, it. I was upset that I paid for it. It was that bad.
0: That's too bad because the impressions that I got from it when I saw the announcements on Steam made it look like that, oh, they were gonna, you know, soup up the graphics from back in the day, maybe, you know, crisp up the frame rates, and maybe introduce one or two new things, maybe some, uh, not DLC, but kind of some extra features, if you will, like they would do for like DVDs or Blu-ray movies, where they would add like director's commentary. I I, I wasn't under the impression it'd be something like that. I didn't realize they were doing a top-down remaster, or sorry, remake.
1: I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, I, like, just like yourself, I was expecting a little bit more, but um, it is just a rehashing. It's, it's, it's... It's got the old game playing in the background, and in the foreground they've layered new graphics and uh, different mechanics. But uh, you can hear the the old cues for the old transitions. You can hear the old game playing in the background. They've apparently relicensed all of the voice actors' uh, dialogue. They didn't hire any new actors or actresses to play the characters. Uh, Adam West still plays General Carrington. David Duchovny still plays uh, the main character, Thirteen. And Eve still voices uh, Major Jones in this reboot. So to see the things that they had changed and the things that they kept different really disappointing um if if you'll allow me to elaborate just a little bit uh, i'd like to take you and some of the point pinpoint players uh down this rabbit hole as a a, 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 uh the 13 rabbit hole by all means so the game starts um you remember the intro to 13 with the comic book kind of turning the pages and uh you're being introduced to the plot and the characters uh, this sort of really intense uh, piano and uh, accompaniment, accompaniment of uh, instruments. How the president is assassinated and his brother takes up the mantle. Do you, do you remember that short little tidbit movie?
0: I mean, vaguely. It's just been so many years since I like played it. tried to play it myself.
1: No worries, because they've literally preserved it in this new game. Uh, the game starts and FBI agent walks into a room... Starts playing an archive footage of the character 13. And it's literally the
0: same movie. So he's so the FBI agent's watching a movie of the intro, basically.
1: He's watching the intro. Got it. And it wasn't, you know, built up from the ground up. It was literally copied and pasted. Like, hey, remember that great intro? Here it is again. Just moving it over. And then it takes... And then it goes into the game, which... You know the graphics are, eh, they're okay.
0: They're not worth. They're not worth the wait.
1: I wouldn't. No, uh, certainly not. Especially after the first level. Uh, character design reminds me a lot of uh, Fortnite characters. I can understand with uh, Fortnite being such a popular game to take on the sort of same characteristics and models. Try to attract the attention of the generation today. Which no, no beef with them against that. It's Just. I guess a little jarring to see more detail. So after the first mission, it's it's extraordinarily clear that they put no little they put little no effort into (laughs) progressing transition. They souped it up. They souped up the missions, but the game after that just seems to be where they gave up, and it's almost offensive.
0: So I guess, just so that way um, I can understand, and everybody listening understands, uh, so it sounds like they just kind of did a quick once-over type of remake. They didn't put a lot of effort into it. It was just kind of, hey, we have the same dialogue. We have a slightly, uh, you know, graphical facelift, but it's Fortnite, so it's nothing like, you know, nothing nuanced. Or not even like the cel-shaded graphics that you have the old days. It's What would you boil it down to? Like, what were the, I guess, three biggest offenders?
1: So the three biggest offenders were. Um, I don't believe that they wanted to take risks. A, they didn't want to take risks. So everything that was great about the game, they seemed to have preserved as, a, as opposed to introducing creativity to it. Uh, if they wanted to remat, if you know, if they wanted to remaster this game, they did it terribly. If they if they wanted to remake this game, they didn't have enough time. It's sort of in between. That's It's first greatest offense. It's second greatest offense. Taking advantage of this small niche group of people who have been following this game, like me, for roughly 17 years, hoping for the continuation of this story and for them to promise uh, a high-quality product in the advertising for it looked great. Some things were kind of sketchy, you didn't hear a lot of things. They just showed you the good stuff. And everything that's great about the game is in the trailer. Like, it's it's like a movie. It's, it's it, They show you the great, the good stuff. You learn about the bad things when you're playing the game.
0: Got it. So it sounds like they disguise the uh, limitations of the game with really good uh, marketing.
1: Yes. Uh, and finally, it's one thing to fail on your promises, but it's another thing to... Ramsey, there's gotta be a game that you wanted a sequel for, and that's, that's really the overarching thing, is uh, dragging, you know, the the third final offense is... What I'd really like to get into today was, there must be a game, or uh, there must be a group of games that were so phenomenal, fantastic, that they needed a sequel, or... It looked like there should have been a sequel, but for one reason or another, this great story, this great game, was cut off after that point. I mean, there must have been a couple of games that you've played, or uh, the listeners out there uh, today might have a game on their minds as well that just didn't see a sequel, or they heard about it and it sounded fantastic, but just never came to be for one reason or another.
0: I think a big thing. I think I see the point you're getting at. One, a sequel for 13, and with something like this remake, you're hoping that this will spur the innovation, the money, the funds needed, so that way they can make a sequel and have it be just as good as 13 was when you played it back in 2003. And I respect that. I get that, and and I've definitely felt that way about some of the games that I've played as a kid and even as an adult. And I think that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's probably what you're trying to get at for your third point. Because I can totally understand that.
1: That's exactly my point, is that there's a story out there. And for me, it's 13. But for you as a listener, you know the story that you're talking about. We'll, we'll do anything. You know, we'll, we'll do anything to see that movie or that video game made. And we want to hear that people are
0: talking about it. One that comes across my mind, um, for me, this is my absolute 100% favorite game I ever played. Uh, even from my childhood days and I played a lot of games from my childhood days to as an adult but my f- favorite game my favorite game hands down is Chrono Trigger it's a Super Nintendo role-playing game that came out in 95 in Japan great game with a fantastic story that involves time travel and involves so many side quests and so many um, alternate endings so it's one of those games where you can play it multiple times, get different endings, get different outcomes, and you can even change the story based on some of the decisions you make. It's not like Mass Effect, where you change the decision and it affects the rest of the game. There were smaller decisions than that, but it, for a game that came out for the Super Nintendo in the mid-'90s, that was impressive. And and it was one of those games that, as a kid, I play a lot of games, and there wasn't any voice acting back then, obviously. And so as a kid, I'm having to read the text, understand the story, and I think it taught me to read much better Back when i was a kid because i'm reading the text trying to absorb the story understand what's going on because you have to pay attention to what's going on if you want to understand how to progress in the game where to go next what weapon you need to defeat this boss like you can't just you know run in guns blazing and expect to win every time you could sometimes but more often than not in this game you would lose that game was fantastic i loved it and they did a somewhat sequel spiritual successor called Chronocrust that came out for the ps1 in the late 90s and i played i never got to play it i ended up playing it a few years ago just to see like what it was and i liked it but because i didn't get to play it when i was little the uh the fun and the nuance was lost on me and a lot of role-playing games like that are a huge time sink they require lots of hours like 40 to 50 hours to beat the game and as an adult with a job and everything it's like could i set the time aside to do it probably but it's tricky of setting, setting up time for that kind of game because there's a lot of things to understand. There's a lot of mechanics to pick up and I just didn't have the time to do it. Anyway, they released that game and it has elements that connect to Chrono Trigger. And then I remember wondering, were they ever gonna release a third game to kind of tie everything off together? And so they released a remake of the game, or I'm trying to remember, remake, yeah. They released a remake of the game for the DS in 2005 And in releasing that remake in 2005, a lot of people bought it. A lot of people played the game for the first time that were maybe younger that didn't play it. And they loved it, enjoyed it, I'm sure. And what's cool is that game contained a couple extra story elements that kind of tie Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross together. And you're hearing this thinking, great, they'll eventually make a sequel to Chrono Cross. They'll make a third game and tie everything off. But the problem was that was 15 years ago and nothing's moved since. There's been no news on it. The last news on it, I think, was seven years ago. Want to say, like, if I just keep waiting, if people just keep buying that remake and keep you know generating sales for it, they'll be they'll show that hey, there's interest, people want this game. But I lose more and more hope for it every year because, and I think the biggest reason is the problem was when Chrono Trigger came out, Final Fantasy was just starting to become a larger franchise. Oh, wow! When Chrono Trigger was released, Final Fantasy 3 was released, so it was starting to pick up steam. But I think when Final Fantasy 7 was released and they showed that oh my god, everybody loves this game, it's selling millions of copies, I think they just pushed every other thing in that uh, company to the side. The company was Squaresoft at the time. They eventually changed their name to Square Enix. But I think once they got the Final Fantasy Kool-Aid, they just never stopped chugging it. And since then. Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy. And I, as a result, I just think every other IP that they made at the time just got pushed to the wayside and Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross were some unfortunate casualties. And I, if they made a third game because they took out the license for it, they would have called it Chrono Break. But I don't think it's going to happen because of all the things I just said and it's really too bad because I'd even just love a modern day remake of it where they just remade the game with modern graphics and put on like the PlayStation 4. I'd even just love that, but I don't even think we're going to get that.
1: Well, I'd never say never because correct me if I'm wrong, but there've been a few occasions where I've mentioned 13 and how much I've loved 13. I had faith that something like this would happen and it was either you or my brother or Someone close to me, but they they would constantly say, like, it's not really gonna happen. Like, you can hold out hope and you can, you know, do this and do that but, you know, it's probably just, you know, not going to occur. And, you know, still true today, I don't think that there's going to be a sequel, even with this reboot, with what has happened. I mean, if we see patches, if we see improvements on the base game, like uh, they're caring about the customer and they want the game to be Uh, successful possibly but i think that each game has their followers and even you said earlier this is one of your favorite games from childhood it left a really uh deep impact for crying out loud could have taught you to be you know it could have taught you to read
0: definitely at least taught me to be a better reader
1: certainly did i think that as long as we have hope we have a chance and a chance is something to look forward to
0: I mean, all I can say is we'll see because it's been a long time. This is true. But in saying that, as much as I want Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross to have sequels, and I know you definitely want 13 of a sequel, there's definitely some other games that I want them to have sequels that obviously they're not near and dear to us as the games that you and I just named, but they're still important and I would love to see a sequel. In that same vein of Chrono Trigger... There, um, Nintendo made another role-playing game or not Nintendo um, Squaresoft the same company I mentioned that made Chrono Trigger they actually teamed up with Nintendo to make a game called Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars and it was a role-playing game with Mario and a, it was Mario Mallow Gino, Bowser who was on your side This is the only game I think Bowser's on your side and Peach you're all fighting in this uh, Mushroom Kingdom world and the main guy the main villain is somebody called Smithy and you all have to work together to get all the seven stars to basically bring everything back to order. And it was a fantastic game. It's one of the games where I could pop it in as an adult and just make time to play it. It's so much fun, it's fantastic. And I was ecstatic when they released the SNES class a couple of years ago, which came with 20 Super Nintendo games from that era. And that game was on it and I was ecstatic that I actually went and replayed it. And it was still as fun. I knew all the secrets. I knew all the tricks. I knew all the fighting techniques, like the timings for certain attacks. It was great. That's a game that deserves a sequel. I know that game is old. It's from 1996. I looked up the date. But I would love a sequel of that. That one might not ever happen. But it was such a damn good game. I'd love a sequel.
1: Sure. Less likely. But the Switch, the consoles that Nintendo are developing, there's certainly room for all types of incorporations of their branding. I mean, like you said... You never, you never thought you'd get a chance to play that game again. And then this, what was it, the NES Retro?
0: Yeah, this the NES Classic. It's a Classic. It's like a miniaturized version of the Nintendo system. And they sold it to you, it had an HDMI connection, you could plug it into your TV and start just playing the game as if it was uh, back in 1996 again.
1: I remember that. It, it carried the game. So there was some sort of development to assemble this and to incorporate games like that. So it's a part of Nintendo's library. They certainly haven't forgotten. As you were mentioning, Chrono Trigger. It was part of Nintendo's library. It was a part of someone's development. They haven't forgotten about it. Uh, as you were talking about Chrono Trigger, you reminded me of Time Splitters.
0: Ah, that's a good trilogy. That trilogy was fun.
1: Wasn't it? I was so I was so intrigued after Time Splitters 2. I was like, can they come out with a better game? I don't know if they could. And if they left it there. Great, but if I wanted a sequel after that, and it took—I don't remember if it was like two or three or four years—but there was a substantial time gap, and so I didn't think. The third one, yeah, I didn't think. Yeah, future Perfect. Future Perfect. That's it. Yes, I was like, forgotten pasts.
0: <laughs>
1: I was like, they, they, oh my god, dude, Future Perfect. Ah. Oh. But yeah, uh, for a time period, I didn't think that they would come out with Future Perfect. It's interesting. There's so many games that didn't uh, get to even see the light of day. There's still hope being held out for Boba Fett's 1313.
0: Oh, that's not happening. Guarantee that's not happening. Oh, I don't know, dude. I want it to so bad. No, no, no. I know, I know, trust me. I wanted a game where you're basically playing as a Boba Fett type dude with like Uncharted type. As you know, you being Boba Fett or some bounty hunter, it's like, hell yes, I'm in. But I think when Disney acquired Star Wars, I think they shut that project down because it didn't fit their Disney mold. And it's the, hadn't Disney not acquired it, it would have probably been made. And it probably would have been a good game. There's no way to know for certain, but since Disney acquired it, I think they just nixed it, just didn't sit with their image.
1: I, I can completely understand that. I completely agree. It's definitely not part of Disney's mold, but uh, they have acquired it. Uh, They are in charge of that property going forward. And it would really do them a disservice to really hold something like that back. And I'm just simply making the argument, because I do want to see that game, the likelihood of it actually happening, in my opinion, is a toss-up, but it it may more likely than not happen.
0: Yeah, I know, it's... It would be nice. It'd be a welcome surprise, but I'm, I'm basically I'm not expecting it.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate, but that, it's not the only game to follow that sort of fate either.
0: Another one I have definitely to mention um, is a Bully. I'm surprised they... Rockstar has made, made a sequel of pretty much all their games, starting from GTA 3, but Bully's never had a sequel, or even a remake. I would have thought at some point they would have just done it, because a lot of people played it on the PS2 era, like people bought it it was it was basically toned down gta and yes yeah, i remember I would, have th- I would have thought they made it i would have thought they would have made one
1: it certainly would have i mean it, i yeah i think that would have been a good franchise for rockstar to branch off of too I mean, they had they had uh, dude they had ellie noir that would have been a good game to have a sequel for
0: i was waiting for a sequel in on that one because i like the gameplay that was a uh i think robstar was the publisher of that one i think yeah. it was made by team bondy But nonetheless, I always thought that, hey, this game is really cool, you know, nuances. Like, you get to drive around 1940s LA, you know, you have to read their facial expressions, and you have to use detective skills. Uh Hell yeah, this is a good game. Of course it's going to have a sequel, but it didn't.
1: Yeah, it was very innovative. I was very surprised, but it would have been nice to have a sequel. I mean, they could have, not only just because it would have been a great game to have, but from a business perspective, you know, Rockstar would have had at least three budding very fresh franchises in the video game industry which they could have held you know sway over i mean for example uh they had they could have had bully they could have had grand theft auto and they could have had l.a noir each developing and improving the game mechanics for future games to learn off of
0: they could have and i wish they had kind of kept developing those franchises and furthering them but i think once they got a taste of the money that was to be made with GTA and Red Dead Redemption especially with the newest ones I think they just decide that kind of like the movie industry in that You know what guys these are safe easy bets You know what guys if we just put these you know shark cards in the game and we put in microtransactions where you can buy these cool Harrier Jets or Flying cars or jet-powered cars or you know bikes or whatever, you know the players are gonna buy this We're gonna give them options aka we're gonna make more money from it I think once they got a taste of that for the first time I think the idea of them developing something new or even doing a remake became lower in their priority because they realized where the return on investment was. And I hope that's not the case long-term, but I think right now that's the problem. Cause here's the other thing, just side tangent. It's been seven years since GTA five came out. That's right. And that's exactly where I, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's
1: exactly where I was going to go next.
0: Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's been seven years since a GTA game was released and to that end, I kept thinking that, oh, the new generation is here. But the new consoles, I think, released, we're recording this on November 12th. The new consoles released tomorrow, November 13th. And the entire time, like for the past couple of years, I was thinking, oh, they're going to make GTA 6. It's going to be a return to Vice City. Hey, maybe it'll be a brand new city. But then they basically said that, oh, we're going to release GTA 5 for the next generation. And it's just like, you guys, serious? You already did that because GTA three originally came out on the PS three three hundred and sixty, and then they released for you know PS four, Xbox one, which that was fair because the those systems released the same year that GTA five came out. Fair enough. But seriously, guys, seven years on, you're just re-releasing the games to the next system. Come on, guys.
1: Seriously, like I remember when they re but they you know re-released GTA four, but it was the G, uh, PlayStation four and Xbox one version. And I was like, I have to get that one because that has all of the, you know, uh, nooks and crannies, all the good details, but it's all packed into that one game. So that's the game that I'll get.
0: And the lobbies were bigger. So instead of having only 16 people per lobby, you could have up to 32. And it's like, yes, public lobbies are bad. People will kill you all the time, but at least it gave you the option. It gave you the ability to be able to do that. But. Then, you know nothing since seven years. It's like yes, they've added some DLC with vehicles and like missions. It's like that's cool and all, but you know, it's after a while. It's time to move on because just think for a sec. GTA three, or sorry, not GTA three. GTA five came out in two thousand thirteen. GTA four came out. I remember was freshman in college. That came out in two thousand eight. get a difference of five years. It's been seven years and nothing about a new GTA game. All quite on the western front.
1: It's sort of suspicious, but. I did. I I do think that uh, you did provide the answer, and it was the microtransactions. It was the spending the money in real reality to improve the money circumstances in the game. You you purchased you know cars, you purchased Harrier jets, you purchased property, and there was no need or push to develop a sequel because I think that before microtransactions and in-game purchases, developers and Distributors made money off video games by pumping out a, a video game. Left for Dead. When they made Left 4 Dead, everyone went out and bought it. And then everyone wanted a sequel for Left 4 Dead. So they made Left 4 Dead 2. But everyone complained that what was added and made new for Red 4 Dead 2 could have just simply been downloadable content, DLC, for Left 4 Dead.
0: I definitely remember that. To me, the biggest thing with that was Left 4 Dead came out in 2007 and then the sequel came out a year later and it's like, yes, it's cool that you have melee weapons, new types of firearms and new throwable objects and new levels. No doubt that was great. But I remember playing at the time, I enjoyed the game, but it did feel like a, you know, a big giant patch or DLC. I mean, again, still fun to play, you know, definitely enjoyed it. I would easily go play it right now, definitely. Yeah. But it left people, you know, wanting more. In fairness, just because you know they enjoyed the first one so much, they wanted more of the second one. But I think it was just too soon, a year after. But little did we know that that would be the last Left 4 Dead game that would be released. That was 12 years ago.
1: Right. And uh, recently they did do an overhaul and uh, a major update for Left 4 Dead 2. So they're still working on uh, mechanics and improvements for their game. So they must be either trying to just make the best of what the game uh, the game that they have, or they might be including new mechanics to do kind of tests, beta, alpha tests, uh, to see if their latest project, whether it's a Left 4 Dead or a new game franchise, going to go out on to their audience. It's interesting.
0: I certainly hope that there's some sort of development going on with new games for valve but i fear that valve got the micro got bit by that microtransaction bug as well because i think the last game that they developed a sequel for in general was either half-life 2 episode 2 or portal 2 i can't remember which came after but i mean it's a it's a tire trope in the game industry that valve is allergic to the number three and yes half-life 2 episode 2 deserves a sequel that's a whole that's a whole nother topic in itself but you guys like the listeners get what we're getting at here is There are a lot of games out there that deserve a sequel, but for whether the game wasn't good enough to get one, whether it was a niche game that just wasn't large enough to get one, or a game that's just been forgotten the time that just won't get one, or simply the publisher or the developer just got bit by that microtransaction bug, there's multiple reasons why games won't get a sequel, but that doesn't mean they don't deserve them. There are definitely games out there that I wish would get sequels, that we both wish would get sequels, that may not see the light of day, but... You always hope they do, and with things like Half-Life, for example, they released Half-Life Alex just last year, the VR game, and it's gotten great reviews, it looks fun, it's an expensive proposition because people have to get a VR headset to play it, but the point is, they made it, it's not a sequel, it's a prequel to the second Half-Life, but still at least they know that, that gives me hope that, hey, they're keeping this franchise alive and they're developing a game for it, so maybe you never know. So again, it's possible, you never know, but... With some franchises, though, it's harder than others to predict, right?
1: It certainly is. Uh, you, you have to go through so many different hoops. Uh, you have to follow certain types of sources. Uh, the people who are reporting the information about your favorite games are usually people who are passionate about the games themselves. You're, you're developing and cultivating uh, communities within the gaming world at large. And... I believe that we keep hope alive for something to develop by simply keeping it alive in our hearts and our spirit, by talking about it with our friends, experiencing it, sharing it, showing it.
0: One can hope with persistent, you know, bugging of publishers and developers, hopefully continued good sales, and hopefully a lot of fanfare, some of these games that we've talked about in this podcast episode end up being a fruition. If you guys have sequels out there of games that you want to, you know, made. If you guys have games that are definitely never going to get a sequel, definitely share that with us. We'd love to hear about it because there are so many games that deserve them, but may not get another chance. Tim and I just named two from the heart at the beginning of this episode. Again, you never know. To that end, what we talked about earlier regarding microtransactions, how less games are being developed from the ground up in favor of adding microtransactions to existing games, that's something I'd love to explore in another topic with you, Tim, if you uh, don't mind.
1: Oh, absolutely, dude. There's there's a lot to discuss when it comes to microtransactions. Uh, certainly would be a, a, a worthy discussion to have.
0: Well, let's pencil in for a future one, because again, guys, we're so, into into this, we're so new into this podcast as far as ideas, as far as uh, things to talk about. There's plenty to talk about, but if you guys have any suggestions or things you want us to talk about, you definitely let us know and we'll definitely bring it up.
1: Absolutely. We want to thank you for tuning in to today's episode we hope that you enjoyed it hope that you uh leave a like if you enjoyed it leave a comment let us know you know if you do have a, a video game that you want to see remade uh let, let's see how many other viewers out there also share that passion it was really interesting to see so many people turn out for 13 so thank you guys and hope you'll tune in to the next one
0: Till then guys take it easy
1: take care